When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody, Uneducated Economist. I'm going to leave a link down in the description for you guys to an article talking about inflation. And it's probably one of the better arguments for inflation that I have seen in quite some time. And now, if you had followed my channel for any length of time, you would know that I am much more in the disinflation, stagflation, deflation, but not in the inflation camp. And I get a lot of people who argue with me on this one. They say all you have to do is, is go down to the store, open your eyes, take a look at the prices, and you'd see all the inflation you want. I know. I've seen it. I've experienced it. But people pointed at lumber. And they said, look at lumber. Look at the massive price increase in lumber and tell me that you do not see the price inflation. I said, I don't see it. I said, the destruction of the dollar is not the reason that the price of lumber is going through the roof. It has to do with a complete breakdown of the supply chain. I have never deviated from that argument. It was my argument from the beginning. It is still my argument today. And a lot of people who said, you're crazy. What's your argument now? Lumber prices are just over 700 per thousand. A few years ago, lumber had peaked out at 650 per thousand. We are almost to a price that we had experienced almost three years ago. The price inflation is not in lumber. Where's your argument? Now, I do believe that some of the price increase in lumber has to do with inflation from the Federal Reserve, the price inflation, but not that exponential rise. That was due to a complete supply chain breakdown. I reported on it long before COVID took place. I reported on mill curtailments, shutdowns, OSB curtailments. I said it then that there is going to come a moment in the future where there is going to be little supply and the prices are going to be high. I had no idea it was going to get to the extent that it did. That was shocking. But I don't wonder why it happened. I know why it happened. And if you have followed my channel for any length of time, then you know why it happened too. And it doesn't, you don't question why the prices ran up and why they're coming back down. You know exactly why. So I think about all the inflationists out there who are telling me that I was crazy. I want to know your argument for why the prices of lumber have come back down to something that would be seen prior to the whole COVID run up quantitative easing taking place. I want to know what your argument for that is. This article excellent piece. If there was ever a scenario in which that the Federal Reserve was absolutely stuck, this guy has nailed it. I think this is probably one of the better arguments that there is going to be inflation into the future, unlike anything that I have come across. Now, maybe a lot of people already think of this scenario or this theory, but to me, this was a new one and I loved it. It really has to come down to what the Federal Reserve is doing with, their, with the money printing on one end and the pulling of money on the other. 
See, they're pushing and pulling at the same time. The push is from the quantitative easing. They buy $120 billion a month worth of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. That's the push. The pull is on the other end, the reverse repos, where every night they are pulling $800 billion worth of cash off of the money market funds and the big banks and everybody else out there who has too much liquidity. They're pulling that money out of those guys, handing them a bunch of treasuries. The next day, they hand them back the cash, take back the treasuries. When they hand them back the cash, they give them a tiny little bit of interest. Now, this facility is what's pulling the cash out. If there's too much cash, they have a facility to deal with the massive amounts of liquidity. On the, that's the pull. On the push, they have the availability to put as much liquidity into the system as they want using the quantitative easing. Push and pull. I think they want to maintain this because they really don't know how much they're supposed to have. They really don't know what the demand for their liabilities really is out there, especially when it comes to the world. Because there is contracts written all over the world right now that are due in dollars, and the Federal Reserve doesn't know how much that is or when they come due. So they have to have a lot of money on hand to deal with a liquidity shock if all of a sudden everybody is in demand for dollars to pay off these contracts or whatever takes place a liquidity crisis, they want to have a facility set up that they can just, there's all the money you need. But there's too much money right now? Well, we have all the money we need to take out. See? So we can leave it or take it out. We can do whatever we want. But here's the problem. Having this scenario is causing the prices of homes to go through the roof. It doesn't make any sense anymore. I mean, prices are so far out of reach now that like a guy like me who could go off and buy a house is not even interested right now because it's just so disgusting what they see. This reverse repo, it's trying to deal with all this liquidity. It's trying to deal with the fact that there's too much out there. And if the Federal Reserve was to do something about the interest rates to try and, say, curb the asset bubble inflation, they would actually cause inflation. And this is very odd to think about because throughout like economic history, if you ever thought about it, dropping interest rates causes inflation, lifting interest rates undoes inflation. It pulls the inflation back in. That was like, it's always been kind of the common idea. But with this reverse repo and the sheer amount of liquidity, the $800 billion that they put into it, if they were to raise interest rates, they would end up putting more money back into the banking system every night. Which would cause more inflation. You, you hear that? Like, every night, they pull this money off of the banks to the Federal Reserve and then hand it back to them, plus a little bit of interest rates. Well, if they raise interest rates, that would be more money going back into the banking system, causing even more inflation. More money in the system. The only way the Federal Reserve, by this scenario, could combat inflation is to come up onto the push side where the quantitative easing is and end that quantitative easing program. Now, the market would flip out of something like this, especially if it was to be done like right away without any notice or warning. The Federal Reserve will not do that. They will give an extreme amount of notice and jawboning and forward guidance, they will give out the credible threat 
before it takes place. They will not allow the markets to be shocked. But that's a scenario that's coming up where even if they were to raise interest rates, it would not be enough to stop inflation. In fact, it could cause inflation through that reverse repo as they are trying to pull liquidity off of the banks every night. They would be putting much more than they took off back in. That's scary to think about. So quantitative easing wouldn't only have to end, right? Because you just end it, but yet there's still all this liquidity in the system. By that point, I would imagine the markets would have changed their perception, probably wouldn't have that much cash sitting in the system. Maybe there would be even more cash as they started freaking out about it. I don't know what would take place from that if they were to just all of a sudden end the quantitative easing programs. They're not going to do it. Like I said, they're going to forward guidance into it. But if they were to try and combat the liquidity that's in the system, they would have to end the quantitative easing and then go into quantitative tightening where it is that they actually sell treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And that way they could pull that money back out of the system without having to do like the reverse repo where they're pulling the money out and then giving it back to the banks. But this time, if the interest rates go up, they're giving more than what they took or putting more back into the banks. The quantitative tightening would take that money out of the system permanently. They're stuck. They are so stuck. Very interesting times. Love that article. Uneducated economist. You let me know.